All right, now that looks like we're live. All right, guys, this is uh, this is Mr. Cox. I'm here with uh, a, an old old friend. I can't. I, can, I guess I can call you a friend now. I used to babysit you, but now it's. Uh, I guess we're <laughs> when you're in your 40s. It's a different. Um, it's a, it's a different relationship, I guess, than when you were a young when you were a young kid. But this is Edon Gross, everybody. He has been part of my family since he's a little little kid, and his even his mom was. Um, what would you call it? A, a bird? What do you? What do you? What do you? What you call it? A doula. A doula, and that she's the one that helped deliver some of my uh, my children, two of my sons. That she she was there in the delivery room, helping out with and going through that whole thing. I, you know, that's so this is how close that we've been for a long time. And your dad's rabbi, right? And if your dad has the oh. most unique look, right? He's just a total rabbi look. I can't, I would like to see him one more time just so I can photograph him a little bit. You know, he's got those awesome features. This is what you get to look forward to, dude, is that, that beard. Is it getting gray? Is it, this one? Well, you're, yes. Getting you're a little sparkled. That's, well, you're not married yet, right? <laughs> I am. I got married back in uh, December. Oh, you did get married. We we haven't made an official Facebook announcement yet. Oh, so then it didn't really happen, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It, it, relationships don't count until it's actually Facebook uh, thing. I didn't know that. That's good, man. That's that's good. Well, then you will be getting gray. Uh, they're, they're starting to come, right? That's right. That's right. So I've told everybody about, you know, there was a time that you were with me quite often as a young Cause you trained with me and, um, you know, you started in martial arts. Uh, let's, let's, let's get to your beginnings first. Okay. Let's, let's talk about, uh, your brothers and sisters and your parents. I'll let you introduce all them. And then, uh, we'll talk about being young and where we kind of met. Okay. So let's start with your family first. So. Family folks are both actually rabbis. Um, <clears throat> they've been, uh, in the, uh, congregational, uh, you know, life since I was a little, since before me. So I was born into that, into that congregational life, you know, born in the cloth. I, uh, am the oldest of four siblings, um, three boys and a girl. Um, mom and dad like to call them the A team and the B team. They had myself and my younger brother only a few years apart. Then there was a nice little gap in between the next two. Um, so I'm actually, I've got 16 years basically difference between the youngest, my baby sister. So, but um, at the ripe young age of like four or five years old, my folks decided to put me in martial arts over at Tarzana Karate under uh, Grandmaster Chikawa. And that's where I met you. I think we were both green or red belts, I think, when we first really got, or no, we were put, we were put into the very first martial arts ballet to do the finale together, right? That's correct. We I re- were. I remember. Uh, so... Gosh, that was a long time ago. And so we were either green or red at the time that we did this. And I know that we were the very last thing uh, to do. So people that, you know, don't don't know, I've talked to you before about all my tournament days back back when I used to really compete a lot. And we this is one of the gentlemen. Uh, he was he was small and compact and he was he was just a you know, you were just a phenomenal athlete as a little kid. Right. So I was able to pick him up with one hand. I was able to throw him on the on the on the mat. Uh, we did one thing where you would you would hold the the staff, and I would literally lift you. You probably I don't know 
probably 10 to 15 feet in the air, you know, and then we would, uh, you know, we would, we would do show stopping. Those, those were some pretty impressive show stopping moments. I mean, yes, you would tell that's... me to swing it from the butt of the staff as hard as I could at you. And you would just take it, <laughs> grab the staff and just flip me over. And it wasn't always a mat. If you remember, we competed that's... in some places where it was a nice, nice uh, basketball stadium. That's <laughs> correct. You're right. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what we did. And I, I tell, you know, I, I tell everybody that I said, these nice Swain mats is not what we had. We didn't even have nice Swain mats when we first started. We had, I went, when I first opened Chatsworth Karate, we went and looked at used people that were throwing their carpets away. We got used, uh, foam underneath and then the, and that's how we started. So yeah, it's always well, been for, kind of for anybody that for anybody that's competed before, you know, the difference is when we would practice when we would train and you'd be able to, swing me over and almost pull it, pull it a little bit as you let me down. But once the adrenaline gets going, when you're in competition, <laughs> it's all just no holds barred. Wham. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's um, I know I was kind of reminiscent about that. Uh, last night I was like, man, we did so many, we did so many shows and we did it. I don't know if you remember when we used to go to the burn center and we did it for all the children there. You me- you yeah. remember that, right? We did, um, we were just had a show stopping thing. And I don't know if you remember when we were at thousand Oaks, how we whooped Jason flame and his brother's ass <laughs> on that tournament. I just want to make sure I bring that in there for Jay in case he's there. Listening. You go. I do remember that we, we did, we did have a, a, a nice run there where it, it got to the point that we were asked, I believe at a couple of tournaments not to compete. That's and correct. Just put on a performance, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 We were smoking people, dude. It was just, you know, we were just a dynamic duel. I was just a, you know, you were a little kid and I was big and, and, uh, and it was just this, I don't know. We just had a good, we had, we had a good camaraderie and, uh, that's where you and I kind of started. And, and then, um, you know, I put up some pictures of you and I, where you're kind of standing on my leg and doing a sidekick, you know, you were a black belt then. So we even, uh, you know, we, we'd been doing this for such a long time uh together you know what i mean it was so that was it was a a big part of my life i was at your house probably every week your mom would make these giant salmon dinners i don't know if you remember i remember she introduced you to salmon i think you didn't like you didn't like salmon couldn't stand fish (laughs) and then she made this and i'm like what the heck and you know it's funny is i still eat it today you know what i mean because of that right and uh right and because i remember going uh man all this jewish food what the frick and uh and then your mom made it and it was so good and <laughs> so it was awesome so that was um yeah those were just some some really fun days so i you know i was glad that we can reminisce about that because i i've told my students before that there's people in my life that when i when i competed in tournaments and uh you're right man we were asked to do performances after a while and not just not compete because um it was just, you know, we were just smoking people and it was fun. Those were really, those are good days. And so, we spent so a lot I took time together in my, in my, uh, in my, my younger years. Yeah, yeah we did. On my yeah. Up in my martial arts life and all that good stuff. That's right. So you tell your brothers, I'm not the bad guy, even though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, I remember talking to your pops for a long time. So let's, you know, I told everybody about your, you know, being what, what it was like to be a childhood star 
And when I started mentioning stuff that you did, they're like, no way. Right. It, it's like, a, I don't know. I remember, uh, I remember when you were just doing audition after audition. I mean, you were so busy. It, it, it's like, it's all you ever did. You know what I mean? And I think that's why going to second degree, you were at Chatsworth because, you know, mom and dad kind of had me go to all your stuff when you were filming, you know what I mean? So kind of right, being on right. set with you and being, uh, you know, a caretaker, well, body, whatever you want to call I, it. Bodyguards, my favorite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my well, favorite when you were a kid, I'm sure when you were a kid, you're like, yes, yeah, my bodyguard. That's my bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we, uh, I mean, I started, I started acting at, at uh, just after I started karate, I think. I mean, five, five, six years old. And I, I mm -hmm. probably had just been in martial arts for maybe a year. <laughs> and um, things took off at a, at a pretty young age. You know, I started getting work and doing a lot of little, you know, appearances on different television shows back in the day. My first, my first gig was a show probably most of your students never heard of Trapper John MD, which was probably like the original Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> you know, that's right. I think that's the takeoff from MASH, right? That I believe was, so. Yeah. I so Trapper, uh, I forgot that you did that. So Trapper John MD <laughs> was Trapper from MASH and that that was the spinoff of that show. So that's where it started for you is there, huh? Right there was my first, my first, uh, first role that I ever played. I actually, um, <clears throat> I remember that very well because I had to be in a cast on my leg and I'd never broken anything. So, uh, it was an interesting experience. I, I played a, I played a kid who I believe the parents were homeless living out of their car. They went to go do something, get something. And, uh, uh, uh they left the car in an alley in a, a, a garbage truck came and ran into it. And so I ended up going in the hospital and then they had to, they assumed that I was being beaten by my parents. There was a whole like childhood or child, uh, uh, abuse, child abuse type of, of segment, but it turned out they weren't beating me, which is, <laughs> but then I moved on and did a lot of, I mean, I did a lot of, uh, sitcoms throughout the eighties and nineties. I was working in very, very uh, well-known shows like Married with Children or, or uh, Empty Nest and Golden Girls and Cheers and uh, Murphy Brown and Tracy Ullman show. I did a lot of guest starring roles throughout and, and, a, and a number of short-lived series that, that, that some made it, you know, a season or half a season or, you know, pilots. And it was a different, it was a different industry back then than it's, than it's become today. But I think at a certain point after doing, enough that I was at the, the stage of being recognized um, and receiving um, fan mail, you know, and, and my parents did a great job of kind of sheltering me from a lot of the nonsense that kids might experience in the industry. And uh, we were talking about before we started here, um, bringing you onto the set on a regular basis, as far as I was told was just to keep me working out because I wasn't able to be in the studio all the time and, continue my training and it was important to stay on on you know on course to get my black belt to continue through the training and so my parents always told me mark's coming to help work out and train but they had you there because <laughs> they were worried about some of the crazy fans that would send yeah disturbing yeah. uh disturbing mail <laughs> yeah I, it was you know I, I i remember being on set when your parents talked to me about that coming down there oh, wow. and and doing that kind of stuff and it was uh 
Yeah, it was different. It was different. It was a, it, it was different kind of watching how, um, you, you have to interact with producers and, and you, you know, they could take advantage of a child pretty easily, you know, if you're not on top of their, on top of the game, you know what I mean? So I remember that <clears throat> a lot. I just, uh, that sitcom, I was in that one sitcom you talking about free spirit, even the married with children. I think that's how I got bud there. You know, you got him to come into the studio. That's why I still, I, you know, it's funny. I still have his autograph picture up on, uh, on the wall back from whenever that was, right. you know what I mean? I remember. David Faustino. Yeah. Good, good dude. <laughs> yeah. He, he came in and trained for a little bit at, at Chatsworth here. And, and, uh, so we always had, you know, it was always a good time. And I remember I was just telling you that, and people may not even know these names again, but when, when Tony Danza was on top of his game, you know, you were sharing, uh, you know, we were sharing locker rooms with those guys and it was, uh, you know, that was, those were fun times. Those were, those were good times, you know? And, and I think, you know, I, I think Ollie and sorry was around too, you know? So, you know, the three of us, you know, the, you, you guys were probably the kids that I was hanging out with the most and, and doing just crazy stuff with. It was fun. Those were, those were good times. And I think the martial arts, you got second degree, uh, right. In, in, in Tonksado, right. And then, then it really kind of, yeah. you kind of got busy. So, you know, the, the famous uh, karate movie, best of the best. And good you know, one. it's, it's, it's funny is, is those guys, all those, all the, the guys that the were reason. in that show, you know, I see them all the time now. You know what I mean? I know. I, I, I see I that see on, on social yeah. media. It's, right. It's so really I think, cool that it's, I, th I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Simon, especially if uh, he'll come on the podcast and maybe we'll redo this time and we'll do a little, uh, we'll do a, a little question and answer back from the day because, you know, it's just came out on Netflix, right? So I've told everybody, you got to go watch best of the best because, you know, it just hit Netflix. It was, you know, what was, what was looking back when I was cast in best of the best, the first one to play the sun, um, you were on set with me working out during lunch. And that's when Philip and Simon Ree saw that I did martial arts. They didn't even know that I was a martial artist. And I remember because they were like, wait a minute, what's going on here? You actually, holy smokes. And then they, uh, they said at that time, if we ever do a sequel, you're absolutely doing karate in the sequel. And years later, of course, they kept their word. Uh, but that was because you were on set working out. Yep. I, you know, I kind of remember that. I, I remember them because you know, we were probably doing uh, a pad work or whatever and doing, and you remember how you were, you were super, you just super athletic butterfly kicks and everything else. And I think I made fun of you because on best of the best two or something, you failed to break, break, right. You failed break. to break foam bricks. I'm like, bro. Okay. <laughs> and, and so, um, that, that was, that, that was what was written in the script. So you, know, you have to follow the, you know, you got to follow the rule. I Everybody that. else got foam bricks. I got rubber. <laughs> so you 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 show me how to break a rubber brick. <laughs> That'll be a good time. And, and yeah, that was so. I you know I and it was it's funny. I I think I sent you a picture one night. I'm like I was sitting at home, and I'm like, best of the best. No way is it on Netflix. And I and I flip over and uh you know you're there. And I took a picture of myself uh doing that. And I was like uh that was. I said, man, I remember that. I remember being on set with you and doing that that thing. And it's it's funny now because last time I saw Simon, I asked him, I said, do you remember you done? He goes, I totally remember him. 
I said, he's not that cute little kid anymore, just so you know. <laughs> you know, it was not too long ago. I was do, I do some of these. Um, it's crazy because some of the roles that I did have, you know, continued to be, I guess you could say almost like best of the best has become a cult classic in the martial arts, you know, movie world. And some of the other roles I've done. So I have, I do some private signings um, when, when I'm supposed to go on some of these conventions um, it's been kind of shut down through COVID a lot, but they're mm -hmm. starting to pick up again. But I do these private signings and not more than I, I guess it was maybe a couple weeks ago, I did a private signing for someone that's a collector that brought a lot of different characters that I'd done. And one of the big things they had were big posters of best of the best that had been already signed by a lot of the other characters. So Simon and Philip and those guys are all already autographed it. And so these, these guys go around and kind of collect signatures um, as collectors, or I think they sell them online and, and do different things. So it was just, well, just you, recently. You, right. So if you Google yourself, dude, you're, you're right about, but you know what else is a little cultic on you? What people may not know is the voiceovers that you did. And what I see a lot, if you Google Ledon Gross, is many people don't know that you were the good Chucky doll voice. In the first three. Right? In the first three movies. That's right. right. I'm, hi, hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? And yeah, friend to the end. <laughs> that's going. <laughs> so that's you know, a big I, one. That's a big right, one. I, I, you know, and so you see a lot of you know a signed uh, Chucky thing from Edon Gross or signed, and it's a picture of you. I man, you were pretty young back then for Chucky. I was like, I wow, was he's young. young. You know what I mean? And so I told, uh, I tell everybody, I said he's the voice of famous people. He's Flounder. Okay, from uh, when when Little Mermaid hit the the screen for TV, you were Flounder, right? right? And right. I said he also was, I believe, a Teddy Ruskin uh, voice. Were you not? It was it was the doll called Corky. At the time of Teddy Ruxpin, there were some other dolls that you could buy, throw a cassette tape in the back, and they would sing and tell stories for kids. I did a whole series of those called Corky, and he had a sister named Cricket. So that was. Those were cool too. I did some Tiny Toons and Ren and Stimpy, and there were some other cool classics. That you know, it's amazing to see how they kind of continue on and, and get played all over. I mean, I get these, um, I get these reports and these residuals and stuff, and see that things play in all different countries, all over the world. That a lot of these episodes uh, get replayed, and, and, and it, that, it's impressive. <laughs> Right. I, it so, keeps you remembering stuff from so many years ago, you know, it all started I, over 35 years ago. Right. So I, you know, seeing you go through that was, uh, all those, you know, reminiscing of, um, of, of the Chucky thing. So you're doing the good Chucky. Did you ever, did parents let you see the Chucky series so you can see what I was did up? Go I mean, I was, I was taken to the, um, it's funny because the, the doll that I voiced that Corky doll looked a lot like Chucky. Uh, Chucky was definitely, there was, there was some sort of similarity there. So I went to the screen, to the premiere of child's play. And I don't know if I was eight, nine, I was a young kid. And I remember coming home and that movie had an impact on me. Cause when I got home, I took that Corky doll that I actually had in my room, and I took that thing out to the living room. I mean, that's how young I was. I was like, "This is not going to be in my room tonight." <laughs> Scar it. <laughs> but yes, I was on the uh, I was on the set a few times. I got you know because most of 
everything I did was in a sound booth. Um, but I was invited to go and, and hang out on the set a couple of times and meet some of the other actors and, and see what they were doing, what they were filming. But that was a cool, that was a cool, cool character. <laughs> that's yeah. That's now that you look back on it right now, how awesome is it that that's what you were the, the, uh, you know, every time the Chucky's come out I said, I know the good Chucky doll. <laughs> That's who I know. It was nice to be the good something. <laughs> <That's the bad laughs> something. <laughs> so we have, this is, uh, so we got a question here for me. Okay. This is, uh, this is another, her son is just now starting with uh, his acting career, by the way. And he was in uh, Cobra Kai, just so you know, he's one of my students. Oh, and really? I yeah. love that. Love that series. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. So he's, his name hey. is Ohanis, but it says here, she's asking, did your passion for martial arts feed or hinder your acting career? Do you ever start working so much you lost interest in martial arts? Asking for my own knowledge. No, I'm the opposite. Well, definitely it it fed my career. I would say that martial arts had a huge impact on my life overall. I mean, even to this day, um, just the 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 things you learn in a good martial arts upbringing as a child. I mean, I would definitely be a, a big. Uh, advocate for for parents who are thinking about whether or not to put their children into martial arts. There's so much more than just self defense. It's so much more. I mean the 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 perseverance and the the you know indom indomitable spirit. All the things that you uh, that you preach ab about martial arts as a whole. I mean I think they help. You know I being an actor is not easy for most people. You know it's one of those things where very small percentage of people ever work let alone have a working career. Um, and so the ability to have the training that I think martial arts brings you, that keeps you focused, grounded, uh, humble, um, and, and, and able to take some licks and keep on going. Cause that's really what it's about. You know, you, <laughs> you got to go through a lot of auditions. You got to go through a lot of no's. And I think that uh, I think that the martial arts training definitely helped me. I don't think I ever. I mean, I, there were some very busy years, but I would say that I mean, you know, there were there were times that I missed out on playing, you know, little league, you know, making an all star team and not getting to play the whole all star season or things like that that had an impact. But I somehow found a way. I mean, I think I think I always found a way to stay active in martial arts until I until I took off for that year abroad uh, in high school. I was always at the studio and if I couldn't be at the studio in the evenings, um, that was when, you know, I know my parents would find ways to have you come to the sets and, and work out and, and stay active in my training. But I, I don't think I missed too much in the younger years. As mm -hmm. I got older, of course, things started to change a little bit. Right. Yeah. That's a, uh, I think that that's true. And, you know, you came up in a different era of martial arts. I mean, you, you know, you had me when I was probably my most, hardcore as far as an instructor goes. Right. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and I tell everybody, I said, you know, I'm hard today. I mean, we just had a red belt test, man. And I put these kids to the test, you know, they had to spar with me and they, they had to full on hit me. And, and, you know, it's, it's fearful to hit people as well as get hit. You know what I mean? It's, and to break Absolutely. through those, those fears, you know, you know how I've been doing that forever. And mm -hmm. I mean, but mm -hmm. you grew up in a, in a, well, I was, with, I, was I, I was coming with you too when you started at the church when you were just when you were before you had Chatsworth. Oh, so you? Oh, so yeah. So that was back, man. That, that was Ali. Back Ali, I'm sorry, was there a lot? Yes, and I was there as often as I could. I remember coming with you and doing. I mean, that was back in the days. I think 
was it Mr. Kemmer and yes. uh, some some uh-huh. of the other names I'm forgetting right now, but they were they yeah. all started with you there. Yeah, Pre- they did. That was at the church, right? Church yeah, Nathan. Yeah, Nathan Carlin started there, and Carlin. Uh, yep, Carlin. Right, and so um, this could be a friend of yours. Benedict Arnold said, "Free Spirit" was a fabulous show. It was a good show. I remember <laughs> that show. Um, but uh, you know, I remember. Gosh, that was back in 1987. Is when we actually oh. did that. Can you believe that? 87, wow. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's when. I mean, what year did you get your black belt? Did we get it the same year? Because I was 1987. I I believe I was right after you. I think uh, were you number one hundred and nine or something like that. You said I was what, like you, I think it was one hundred and four or one hundred and five. Uh, so yeah, so you were at probably Milan the and team. I got. We were the very next test, I think, after yours because you were a hundred, mm-hmm. right? I was, uh huh. So I think I, you guys I, were. Yeah, you followed me right afterwards, and so I remember. Yeah, I remember you just being. Yeah, I mean, we just you know we lived and breathed martial arts, man. I mean, it was something that we just, we just did. And you and Ollie were just really talented, young, young martial artists that were just, you know, was no joke. I mean, how, how good you guys were and fun to see that, you know, when Simon Reed got to see you guys, uh, what you can, what you could do when we were on set, it was, you know, those were, I don't know, those were fun days. It's good. Yeah. Martial arts been around for a long time for you, for sure. And I think it definitely had an impact. I think what, what, you know, getting through me that kind of a hard instructor that I was is probably helpful when you had to get rejections or whatever else, because I mean, it was, you know, lick, you know, lick, lick your wounds and get moving, bro. I mean, what do we, what, you uh-huh. know, so I think that I think, all, I think my folks had, 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 uh, I think they, they liked your style of keeping me grounded. I know at least my dad never, never used to let me win at anything. If we would compete against each other, no matter how, you know, and some parents let their kids win, right? Yeah. Let the kid win. But my dad didn't let me win. And I think they liked the fact that you would knock me down and, and make me get up. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, you know, your, your parents were a different breed. You know, they're the, they're, they're that generation of my same parents and it's just a different breed of, of parenting. And I mean, look what they've, they've produced. I mean, it's, you're just a, you know, we'll we'll get what where we went past next, but even some of the stuff that you did. So, how long? When did you decide to go out of the the industry, and then what did you take up from there? I think it was really just when I, you know, think things slowed a little bit uh, during adolescence. You know, and I, I, um, there was a point in my career that wasn't working as regularly, and things started to kind of change in the industry. But I think when I left was really when I went to, uh, when I went to university, you know, I left and went to Berkeley and that was when I, I didn't look back. I mean, it, it took, it was some time that I kind of enjoyed being away from it. You know, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I wasn't always comfortable being recognized everywhere we went. I mean, if you recall, you used to take me to, uh, not scary farm. There right. were a couple That's, of years. There were a couple yeah. of years that, that you would call ahead and find out if there was a way we could kind of get a pass because I was on a show at the time. People recognized me, so I was always uncomfortable being kind of fawned over and recognized. Yeah. Um, so when I first left, um, you know, and I went, I went to uh, went to school up north. It was it was kind of a nice, refreshing feeling to be away. And I think at that time the the industry changed a lot too and the reality tv started to become very popular and a lot of the things were such that i kept giving myself excuses why i didn't want to go back and only many 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 years later do you kind of look back and go oh gosh well 
what would life have been, you know, had I stayed and made that that transition to adult actor. Um, but I have no regrets. I I I, uh, I think it had a great, uh, especially now. It's now I get a chance to meet fans in a whole different light because I'm not in a to avoid that fawning. Now it's kind of fun to meet them. You know, I look forward to getting back on the uh, the um, convention circuit and actually, you know, meeting fans and signing autographs because it's kind of cool when people come to you and they're like. Oh my God, Chucky was this, or you know, Clowney yeah. was that to me, to my kids. Yeah, that's a good feeling. So yeah, so they, you know, they have that. Uh, I see that the the Midnight Stream, which is a, a Halloween one, is coming back, and uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you've seen Louis Macedo here. He's one of the the brothers on Breaking Bad, and he's a close friend of mine. We we've did a podcast oh, together. Right. You know the two right. brothers that kind of the two brothers that can't. Well, those those two guys. Uh, he's they're, they're both uh, serious martial artists, and people don't know they're both Thai boxers. And, and and the one they've both fought in the cave. They've both fought Thai boxing. And wow. And he yeah he's he's a he's an awesome martial artist. And he they're on the they're on the circuit now because you know Better Call Saul is 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 filming right. again, and they've Great got show. quite a right. they've got quite a role in there. And um. So they'd go do these circuits too. And, th but those guys are so fun. You know, they bring their acts and they got their suits and mm -hmm. they, and they're, they really interact with their, with the crowd, which I'm sure you do the same thing, you know, when, when people, and then you saw Blake Foster, you know, the blue power ranger. I'm sure you remember Blake, Blake's getting right. ready to fight in the, fight in the ring. And, and he goes and does those two. And it's the cult thing. I think what it is now when you're adults, right, you get to kind of relive back on, on what that was like. And, um, and you know you got to work with uh, what's what's oh man I'm, I'm blanking on his name the one that passed away um, on best Penn? of the best Chris yes Penn? yes 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 Sean yeah and Sean um, Penn's brother yeah Sean Penn's brother so I I remember you get to work with him um, with a lot of cool people I mean in the yeah. first one too I mean James Earl Jones and some of the greats. Right, James time. Earl Jones, dude. How awesome was that to be? Now, when you look back on it, right as a, as as an adult, you're like, "Wow, James Earl Jones, man!" Because he, I mean, he, even watching him in Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Conan the Barbarian, right? And and then you get to, uh, uh, you know, to, to work with him and Eric Roberts. You know, he was he was uh, uh, he was you know he was no joke either. Now, those. What was your most memorable thing out of all your? All your act. What did you like the most out of all that? I mean, I really enjoyed just working. I mean, I think I was a little beyond my years as a kid. So being able to, because when I look back, my memories of being a child in the industry, I mean, I, at the time, thought of myself a lot older than I probably was. So overall, just being able to work and, and be on set with, you know, not just the actors, but the crew and just, you know, the people that all make a production happen was always fun. But when I look back at like memories, cause there's a lot that, um, you know, occasionally I will Google myself just to remember some of the stuff. Oh, that's right. I did. You know, I'll forget that there were things that I had done and it'll bring uh -huh. back memories, but some of the, you know, some of the fun stuff that just sticks out in your, in your brain, I think, you know, besides the, the roles or the experiences day to day on a set, um, were, you know, some of the cool experiences of premieres or, or big, you know, parties that were thrown, um, uh, that you got to, that I got to go to as a child, you know, big ABC or NBC, you know, affiliates parties where I remember we had, um, one that we got to go to where the, the, uh, 
the, the big act was George Burns performed, um, mm-hmm. you know, and did a, did a, did a set. And then, um, the pointer sisters and like just really cool experiences of shows that were, uh, performed for other people in the entertainment industry. So being a part of, you know, getting to watch that, I think those, those memories stand out a lot. And it was a cool, it was a very cool experience, in, incredible life, different than, than a lot of children would ever obviously experience. So. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was, those, those are great. You remember Glenn? Do you remember that name? Glenn Sebulak? Glenn. Yes, I do remember that name. He, he was, he, oh, he wow. trained, he trained with What's us in, in yes, he trained with us in, uh, in uh tarzana okay our forever green belt there was a lot of times we trained in a lot of places because i remember as you were kind of uh, in the beginnings of your career in in owning studios i remember when you were starting to help other people in in studios too i remember acton we would go out and Uh and train there um with Mm -hmm. mr mcconnell yeah yeah right Uh frankie uh, uh a lot of frankie a lot of lot of cool experiences training in different studios coming up yeah yeah i i i uh you know we started that that thing together out there in acton and i just i just kind of handed it over to him you know it was you know we go out there and help him do classes and stuff like that and he's just kind of taken that thing for the last i don't know 30 years we, we i don't know if you remember that we started in a garage in, in acton. i do i remember remember that, I remember that garage <laughs> and uh so it uh you know he's he's done well with that so it's been it's been good for uh to see that it is, you know, it, you know, those bring back memories for me just as much as they do for you. And I just, you know, I've been doing this for so long and I forget how many people I've kind of, uh, you know, I guess showed Impacted. the ropes to, you know, <laughs> you know, so Absolutely. it's, it, it's been, it, it's, that's been fun. So we went from, so, uh, you know, you're, you've always had kind of a, a, uh, a charisma about yourself. And I remember now you had, a. We talked about the owner of my school here, right? Um, you know, Bob, before he passed away, you know, in 2012, right, right. The, the one that owned this building that I'm having now and, uh, you know, that I have now. But and we were talking about how he made his first million dollars selling vacuums door to door. Right. And the Kirby <laughs> vacuums. Right. And so you and uh, and Travelina, I think both did that. Is that correct? Was it traveling? That was a nice little traveling, a friend traveling. That was a nice little training ground. I think, you know, I had a, a knack for, for sales. And I think, again, that the martial arts training, um, learning, you know, perseverance, um, helped a lot, but, and, and being in, you know, entertainment and putting on shows. I mean, that was kind of the thing was, you know, you learn how to cold call because a lot of people, when they get into business, they don't realize, that any business you're you're in, if you're going to be successful, you have got to be able to take rejection, keep on going. Because entrepreneur, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you got to keep on going through everybody around you telling you no, and all your customers or clients or different prospects saying no, and so you got to learn how to prospect. But um, you know, a lot of successful people will look back and say that you know they sold whatever it was door to door, you know, whether it was the the encyclopedias or the vacuums or the hair products or, you know, whatever they sold uh, really kind of helped train them in their uh, road to success and, and their, you know, business life. And so that's right. Fred and I got started doing that, worked our way up. I mean, I ended up having a, a nice career consulting and traveling around different sales organizations and training them on all aspects of 
you know, cold calling and, and, and presentation and, and creating, you know, sales process within organizations, which was great, you know, but then I found, found a passion for real estate and, you know, the commercial end of things. And that's where I've ended up being able to kind of put everything together, you know, the, the leadership, the training, the development and all that stuff. Well, I think that, um, I think when, when, when I, we, well, we've always been connected. So we've always was, but I remember you even, I don't, why don't I remember you being on the road somewhere? Were you in Colorado selling vacuums? I had a, a, a franchise out in Colorado. I, That's I what it was. A, I had built a franchise and, um, <laughs> but we've stayed in touch throughout the years all the time. I mean, I remember coming out cause you, you bought one. I did. And I came I out. I said, all right, come and set up this, uh, come and set up this machine. And you, went, and, you, and you did the, uh, <laughs> you know, you did the whole stack for me and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to buy it. Or, um, you know, I don't know if I wanted it or if I wanted to help you. I don't know which one it was back in those days, but it was the most expensive vacuum I've ever bought in my life. Um, That's right. That's right. And, and so, uh, as funny is that we still have it, That's you know great. what I mean? So, yeah, we, we, we still have that, we still have that vacuum and just to, just to know that somebody that can go door to door. I mean, listen, man, that's a certain type of person that can knock on a door, get their foot in the door, set up a something, a demo, and then turn around and sell it. And then you guys, uh, did that and taught other people how to do what you did and probably took a piece of everybody's sales is what, how you, how that worked out. Right. That's, so you that's, set up this whole works. Right. It's, it's, you, build, you, 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 you know, it's, it's like when we, uh, if you remember you, you, you got me into the multi-level marketing. Way, I did. Way back when. I did. You know, it's kind of a similar thing. You learn, you yeah. know, you, you, you sell and then you learn to recruit and train other people how to do what you're doing successfully. And then you get a piece of that and you just grow and you grow and you grow. And as long as you stay, you know, consistent in all the different facets, you just keep growing and growing and making, you know, making more people successful around you makes you more money. Yeah. I think that, you know, and this is one of those things where I started this podcast is not just martial arts training, but what martial arts takes you out into the, into the real world. How do you get out of the dojo and go to the real world? You know, I tell them, you know, I told all this and, I, and you probably remember me saying this a million times, you get through my black belt test. Okay. And you're going to be able to, you know, cause I was hard, you know, if you didn't do your paperwork, right, you got in trouble and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I've always told everybody, if you miss these deadlines and you miss deadlines and you miss things, there's a, there's a reason I make you do a paperwork. There's a reason I make you have a teacher sign something. There's a reason for all that stuff, because if you miss any of these steps while you're going in college process or a job process and you miss this stuff, you're going to miss uh, money. You're going to miss, you, you know, you maybe have a deadline of a FASA or something like that and you've screwed up and, and, and now you've lost scholarship money or you've, you know, you half-ass a, uh, uh, a resume and then, you know, what does that look like? <clears throat> you know, you, you lose out on that and how to just, how to take rejection, how to take failure. I mean, back in, back when you trained with me, I mean, it was not uncommon to retest at, at red belt level matter of fact oh, of course you're right i even even bo de rocher as talented as he was i remember something going on in his red belt ranks where i was like no man you're not red belt testing 
and he was the best one I ever had. And I'm like, no, not happening. And, uh, so I think all that, you know, and this is where I, I, I brought this podcasting on because I think it's not just martial arts. It's just getting you guys that are successful. And then you were successful as a child actor. You know, did you have any stints when you're going through anything where there was times where you were just kind of like, what am I going to do with my life? And I, I'm just not where I want to be. Did you have any of those? And how'd you persevere through that? Well, of course, of course. I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's, it, I don't care who you are or how successful you are. There's always going to be that voice, you know, that, that creeps in at some point when you're low, you know, cause we all go through the peaks and the valleys. And so there's always going to be a time in your life. I've, I haven't had one specifically. I've probably had many different times in my life where I looked at it and I say, you know, gosh, I, I, I should be here and I'm here, whatever the case is. I'm not happy with the way something's going or, or, you know, sometimes looking back and say, I'm not happy with those decisions that I made at those times, but you have to be able to, uh, look past that. You know, uh, somebody said, you know, when you get knocked down, hopefully you end up on your back so you can look up because mm -hmm. if you can look up, you can get up. Right. And, and that's kind of the key is to always, I always used to tell people, I probably still tell people this is, you know, you're going to have times where you're negative and, and that's okay. You're allowed to be negative, but, but give yourself a time limit, you know, be negative for five minutes and then get over it and let's move on and let's look forward to uh, the next, you know, the next thing that you can persevere. Every single, you know, everything that happens to you or happens around you that's bad, you can always find some good. And I think that the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is that ability to find that good and to find that positive, right? I mean, your attitude is everything. And I think, you know, your attitude is really about your outlook. And if you can have a positive outlook on the way uh, things are, the way things can be, you can always continue to move forward. And, and yes, martial arts and the, the training that you put people through, the testing that you put people through, I think that has a huge impact. And I don't think that should change too much. I think kids need that, adults need that, you know, young adults need that because it's true. When you get out in the real world <laughs> and you miss, you know, you're not on point about something, it can really have a, a, a big, big impact on your life. It could be a detrimental, uh, detrimental thing to you. So listening to you talk, right? Listening to you. I mean, it's pretty awesome to listen to you. Uh, going from being a uh, on set bodyguard for you and then uh, to, to listen to you start, you know, what that looked like and how to motivate others through what you're doing is, uh, you know, that's awesome. It's awesome to see um, as you guys grow up to be uh, men of your own and, and, and the lessons that were learned, you know. So did you have any of that, you know, listening to that last comment you said, so I'm, I want to go back to where, was it just fun for you when you went or for when you were going to do auditions or anything like that? Was it fun or did you, did you have a competition edge that I'm going in to get this thing or was it just something that just came natural and easy? Well, I think a little bit of all of that. I mean, the reality is, is my parents didn't want me to be an actor as a child. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of parents I meet that, that talk to me about their children being in the entertainment industry, a lot of times it's the parents, you know, look at their kids and say, oh, my God, my kid is the cutest or my kid is the most talented of any kid out there. I want to put him in the industry um, because it's something maybe that they just think is, is, is exciting or cool or awesome or maybe they wanted to. 
Um, it was a little different because I actually grew up in a house where my parents both have their graduate degrees, you know, doctor, doctorates and, and masters in education. So I didn't even have a television, if you remember. Um, I remember. I totally so, remember. So, so the fact that at five years old, I guess I was, I told my parents, I want to be an actor. They, I mean, they were probably wondering how I even knew what that was, right? You know, I want to be on television. What do you mean? You've never even seen a television. So I really pushed my parents um, to put me in the, in the industry and they didn't even know what to do. They put me in a uh, summer uh, workshop doing um, theater. So I, I was in a play, uh, I believe it was Wizard of Oz. I was the king of the munchkins and I was a, uh, <laughs> I was a talking bush. Um, and at that time, um, you know, here in, in Los Angeles, that was a time when agents would be out looking for talent. And so there were a couple of agents from 20th century artists that were in the audience watching these kids put on a play and they, um, they discovered me, they, they, they pursued me. And I, I know that because they came and asked me after the, after the play was over for my phone number. And at, you know, the ripe young age of five years old, I knew our home phone number and uh, I gave it to them and they called and pestered my parents for, I don't know how long, weeks, months, however long it was. And I didn't realize what was going on. And at a certain point, I guess I picked up the telephone call and overheard my parents telling them no. And uh, my parents remember that, uh, and I, I mean, I, I remember hearing the story that they told everybody how I ever got into acting was that. I overheard this, this, this phone call that they said no. And I went into my parents' study, their office, and I, I, I got up in their face and I said, Hey, you can't run my life for me. And, uh, and they were like, what? <laughs> you want to do this? So I, I wanted to do it. And I think that a lot of it, you know, the auditions, they were fun. You know, I mean, there were times I was pulled out of school, you know, elementary school or whatever to, to go on an audition or, or whatnot. I mean, there were there were many, many, many days growing up that I was stuck in the car on the 405 traffic, or you know, traveling from Hollywood to Burbank back to, you know, for audition after audition. And I think for the most part, it was a lot of fun. Uh, there was definitely a part of me that just wanted to win. You know, I mean, right. getting going from an audition to a callback to being called in front of the producers or the director or whatever. And, uh, you know, and the television world back then was getting to network with the final stage where it'd be down to two people for a role, you know, and, and you'd be in there in front of the network executives. And um, so there was definitely, you know, those auditions were not fun. I think going on auditions in general was fun, but when you were getting down to the wire of whether or not it was going to be your role, wasn't the fun part. That was just about winning. You know, that was about, you know, coming home with the gold. <laughs> and, yeah. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, but, but it wasn't even money driven. I didn't even know the money I was making as a child. My parents kind of, kind of kept me, you know, not knowing or understanding all that. They, they gave me a checkbook at six years old, opened up a bank account for me, only put very little, you know, uh, amounts so I could learn how to balance a checkbook and, and operate, you know, have a little bit of, of, uh, of financial literacy. But um, as a child, it was about winning, I think. And it was about getting that role. And then the fun of being on set, working with people and being in this adult environment, you know. Mm -hmm. um, right. That was, yeah, that yeah. was what it was about. That was what it was really about.
Well, uh, competitive is something that you, well, we both were competitive. I mean, we didn't go to tournaments to lose. I can tell you that for a fact. Okay. (laughs) All right. Matter of fact, we got, yeah, just like you said, we got so good that they didn't want us to compete anymore. I mean, uh, when we came, especially local ones, you know, we just, you know, but everybody loved to see, everybody loved to see our performance. I'm going to find that performance, dude. I'm going to find it. Because my dad taped every single he thing. He taped everything. I remember. All right. So I, I have this. It. I have this around somewhere, and I will find this, and and we will get it out there, and and awesome. reminisce and, and about that. Because I'm almost, I'm almost positive we definitely have the one that we did in the Thousand Oaks studio. I know for a fact when we were red belts. Okay. okay. Before before we even black belts with that, we were when we were doing that. Didn't and we do think, something for the Muscular Dystrophy Association with Jackie Chan or something like that? Didn't we perform? Or, yes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we sure we did. One of those. I mean, yeah. and you know what's what's funny too about the competition was when we were, I, I would say, honored by being asked not to compete and just to perform. I mean, I remember that being kind of something that bothered us. Like, right? You know, what is that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want another. <laughs> want a trophy bigger than bigger than me? What? That was all. That That's, was all about finding that, that big big trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I remember. I, I yeah, I remember. So you you've been you you've been a a competitive dude. I was just wondering because I remember how much fun you had too, and it was fun to watch you you know live through that. And because of you, I got to meet all those same people. And and you know because of our what we got to do together, just like you said, we got to go do a lot of stuff. And it's 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 great for me to be able to reminisce with you on this because a lot of my students, you know, dude, I don't. I don't put all my trophies out. I don't put all the stuff out that I did back in the day. It, it just, you know, there was, I did it so much that it, it was such a, a, I'm such a competitive dude that it was just something for me to, for me to do. So it was, it's fun to reminisce about that. So if we fast forward to where you're at now, so it, it naturally it, it, it leans into, I mean, we've already had uh, talks. I, I watch you uh, put up your, uh, your business now that you're, that you, uh, you know, selling, uh, commercial real estate and what that looks like in, in a very competitive world, of course, you've already started to build a team. Right. Right. And because I watch what you put up and, and I mean, I'll tell you that gym that you, that came up for sale that one time, man, Mm -hmm. I was biting at the chomps for that. You know what I mean? I'm like, how do you have that? And and it went to went to you you know went to shit. I, I don't you know that that was a beautiful facility, and but you know, well if we it was I mean that was a sad story because that was right at the um that was right during the, the during the original lockdown you know and and uh, the owner of that property had um, leased it to a gym owner. He was he had a boxing gym, and he was a trainer. But I don't think that trainer came through your training because, you know, <laughs> as soon as as soon as he got knocked down, he gave up. And right. um, that was kind of sad because there was um, I remember going in there when I when I first listed the property, I, I uh, went to go meet the tenant and he was in the rears because of, you know, everything being shut down. He had opened up and I think within a very short time, I mean, he had, he had a lot of, of active members at his uh, gym and. Um, he went from, from building within one year to just shutting down. And I'd asked him, you know, Hey, if, if, uh, if an investor wants to come in here and, and find a way to work things out with you and keep you afloat, because you're obviously got something going until, you know, you're allowed to reopen. 
um, you know, is that something you'd be open to? And he was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> like, right. You, you, imagine sad, you know? and, and talking about it, seeing that facility. And I was like, wow, because, you know, obviously, you know, you saw us in COVID too. I mean, within three to four days, we were up and running, you know, thank goodness for zoom and whatever else we had to do because, right. right. You know, uh, it, what we can't teach perseverance and then not have any, you know what I mean? Just, it's That's just true. not, it, you know, it's just not, that's just not the leadership that I that I uh, aspire to and or to be have people to aspire from me to. I just did just and we just had a team that that went to work and I'm sure so in lockdown. Were you just starting your in in this industry? I, I, no, then? I was a, I was a few years in, but I was just getting things rolling. You know, it, it, it's uh, commercial real estate is not like the residential industry that that a lot of people you know everybody you meet's got their real estate license and 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 sell some houses here and there or whatever um you know to build a career in commercial real estate i mean it it takes a while it takes a long time to to build a network of people that trust you that that list these multi-million dollar properties with you and that you know that buy from you and you got to learn and understand the finance side of things too to be able to really educate someone on how they make money in a deal especially i mean we've talked about this you know, looking at the LA market, how uh, difficult or challenging it is for someone to even have a chance at buying any piece of real estate here. And so, but things were starting to get going for me, um, just kind of on that cusp of, of, of really feeling that pop, that transition, all of a sudden COVID happened. And I remember as it, as we were first hearing about it and not even realizing what was to come and how drastically our world was going to change overnight. Um, you know, and that's one of the things I would say that I've always been drawn to working with good leaders, you know, people that, that, that are good at team building, you know, and I'm fortunate enough today to be in the same situation in the firm that I work with, um, you know, that, 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 uh, uh, our managing director who, you know, really pretty much is responsible for recruiting me into this industry and training and teaching me, um, uh, but we all kind of buckled down and immediately went to zoom meetings and, and instead of having our, our, you know, we have multiple offices that meet virtually every single week. Um, and at that time, it turned into every single day and staying on top of discussing with each other what's going on. What are we hearing from people? What do we think is going to change in this market? And, you know, fortunately enough, because I understood um, the importance of, of hard work and perseverance and not really letting these outside uh, circumstances affect my desire, my level of, 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 you know, stick with itness. <laughs> and so uh -huh. things really, things really, I was blessed that the 2020 was actually, um, you know, continued to, to develop the way that it was supposed to and momentum built. And, you know, we continued to, uh, meet virtually and then we were back in the office, you know, pretty quickly, you know, safely. And, uh, and we were able to continue growing a team and 2020 has turned into a, a phenomenal, you know, building year into 2021 that we're continuing to grow as a, as an organization. And it's fun to be a part of a winning organization. You know, when you have a leader that says, we're not going to give up, we're going to keep fighting, you know, and the fact that you kept your studio going and finding a way to, to, to keep people involved active and focused on their goals and moving forward. I think that's super important. People want to be a part of a team like that. You know, people definitely want to be part of a winning team. I, I, I fully 
I fully agree with that. So it's, it's, you know, in an industry that is super competitive to see even through COVID, how you were still, um, uh, out there, you know, banging these things out. Cause you know me, every time you put something up, I'm, I'm always got my ears up, you know, and the, the little mm-hmm. apartments mm-hmm. that come up and then, then you see what it is in LA and you're like, what the frick, man? Um, <laughs> Uh, you, you know, and so, but some people get to capitalize on that, right? You get investors that can capitalize on when, when things are down in COVID. Now, l- watching what you said today, this is important for, for my students to listen to in case you missed this. Cause I, I heard this right out of the gate during, you said during COVID, I got my broker's license. So it's not like during COVID I sat on my ass and, 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 and whimpered away because, you know, these things were so hard. You know, mm-hmm. any of these little checks that I got, I kept right. I kept uh, paying employees, but I would invest into the studio. I would not, um, you know, whether it's better video equipment or whether it was this. And then during COVID is when I really pushed this podcast. I said, I'm not just going to sit around. We're going to we're going to we're going to continue uh, building and we're going to continue pushing th- through something else. So I have this time and, uh, and you know, how, you know, how I am. I, I, I read a lot about things before I just jump into them. I like to have the best equipment when I do things. And, and I, I jumped into this podcasting thing originally when I was first doing my, uh, 75 hard and I, and, and losing a hundred pounds. That's when I first, was like, okay, I have something, you know, people are asking me about. And then, then it goes into this where I've been, I've been so lucky to be around people that have got this kind of a mindset for others to learn from that. I wanted to bring these guys on. And so you can hear what it, what it's like. So I think that is a pivotal thing that I heard you say today during COVID, I got my broker's license. I was like, and that's, See, that's the winner's mindset right there. That's that's somebody's like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of the time down, and I'm going to I'm going to further it because we're not always going to be knocked down. It's just not okay. We I've been knocked out, but I wake up. Okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean I've been on the mat, man, but seeing stars before, right? I've knocked people out, and I've been knocked out. I've I've had them both, and uh, uh you know, both times there's lessons learned usually more Absolutely. from being knocked down than there ever was. My wins is not what taught me. It's my losses that taught me. That's and, so true. That's so true. It, and it's so, a, go ahead. It's a, it's a, I mean, the, the reality is, is when you win, the feeling you have, it, it's not a learning experience usually. I mean, a good winner will be able to take the time afterwards to look back and say, what were the things that I did that helped and caused the win? And that's important. But most of the time when we win, we're not learning much. We're experiencing and we're, and we're, you know, ego gets in and we feel great about what we've done. And look at me, I'm accomplished. But when you get your butt kicked, that's when you learn. And I think that, you know, if you talk to any successful person, it's going from failure to failure to failure to failure without losing the enthusiasm so that you can keep going. And that's the, you know, you take each of those failures as not as a failure, but as a lesson that's learned that you can then apply something to change, to be different in the next, you know, attempt. And that's, you know, that's what, that's what winning is. Winning is not always getting the knockout. You know, sometimes you win when you get, when you get knocked out yourself. Mm -hmm. That's correct. 
Yeah, so that sounds great. I think that's a a great segue on 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 how to end. What what's the name of the company? So what's what's the name? Who Centennial Centennial Advisors uh, is our firm. We're a boutique brokerage with multiple offices. Started by a gentleman named Justin White. Uh, big shout out to Justin. Um, he was a uh, a manager of one of the largest firms out there for many years. Um, looked at things and said, you know, I think I could do brokerage a little bit better or a lot better. Uh, and he built a really great collaborative team. And, you know, we specialize in working with private owners, private investors, um, in, in, um, helping them, you know, uh, buy, sell, transition from, you know, smaller portfolios to bigger portfolios. And that's kind of the fun is, is helping, you know, owners that might have, you know, this one investment or these five investments that they made it, you know, 20 years ago, um, that may be the biggest, uh, part of their net worth today, you know, their retirement, their, their legacy, they're handing down to their kids and being able to find opportunities to help them grow, uh, and, and, and increase as well as finding new investors that want to somehow get started, you know, and, and, and don't quite know how do I, how do I start buying apartment buildings or retail shopping centers or things like that. And, you know, a lot of people today, I think the way they do it is they pool together, you know, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can talk about that another time, but getting, you know, partnering with with other people and everybody putting in to be able to get started uh, because the way that the real estate market works especially in southern california with appreciation and you know this is such a great area to own real estate if you look at property values you know from 10 years ago 20 years ago or 30 years ago to what they are today and just imagine what they're going to be like 10 20 30 years from now you know it, it, it's all about you know <laughs> the best time to, to, to buy some real estate out here is yesterday that's good. You're, you're a hundred percent. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right on that. That That's a, and I think that's some great advice and that's, that's the beauty of the show to, to, to see the diversity of what comes on here and where you have success in one part of your life. And then you bring that into the next level. And now you're making other people successful by being what you have to deliver and, and making them successful. Cause it, it sounds like you have a passion for it. And it sounds like, Hey, when, when somebody involves in this, uh, you know, two years from now, they're going to look at me and go, man, I am, I cannot tell you how stoked I am that you did this. I mean, look at everybody that bought property or look at the, look at the market right now where it's just, you know, it's starting to kind of bounce down again because people just, you know, in California, especially, I mean, what, what the average price of a house is what, $700,000, $800,000, you know, and I, you know, I told you before, I bought a piece of property out in Georgia one time, a little two bedroom, one bath, and it cost $42,000. All right. <laughs> right by the college, $42,000. That's less than a car. Okay. You can't buy a truck for $42,000. And, uh, and so, you know, just, just watching that. So I think that, you know, we, we spent a good hour together today, so I'm sure you're busy, but, um, I think that it was a good segue to hear what you end with. I think the last thing I usually do with the guest is let them, you know, why don't you, I know you so well, dude. And, and, you know, it's a shout out to your parents. I've, I've heard you talk about your parents quite often. And I was there the whole time. I remember when your dad talked to me about, Edan doesn't know what kind of money he has. I'm not going to tell him what kind of money he has. He's not buying freaking Ferraris and all this other kind of garbage. Your dad just wouldn't, wouldn't have it. Matter of fact, I think your dad, even, you know, his, what his limited knowledge was back then, I think he invested money for you, you know what I mean? So that you had something when the time came and that's probably gave you your boost in life that you had. And so it's a good testament to both, both your parents. They're good. They're really solid people. 
people that I really miss, you know, because I think they're in Colorado now. I almost looked them up, you know, when my my nephew passed away, the firefighter, my mom, my my sister's boy, Cody. I was in I was there and I wanted to see your folks so bad. But, man, it was such a that I, I just couldn't make that happen. Now, now you notice I've tatted all up. So my tattoo artist, Danny Black, is in Colorado. So if I ever get back there, I'm gonna I'll make sure that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look up mom and dad um, sure for sure. Yeah, you know, so that would be good. So you know what, you know, why don't you uh, why don't you just end? You know, give a give a uh, you know thirty minute thirty second one minute uh, what you think in, in in life. What's your best lesson for winning? Why don't you just end with that? Best lesson for winning. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, well, gosh, I mean, being that this is, you know, kind of a, a martial arts um, uh, podcaster in the martial arts world, I mean, I think some of the best lessons for winning definitely came uh, through my young, young uh, start in martial arts, being able to just move up the ranks and 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 go through days of of being in learning something uh learning how to use it not being good at it when you start you know no matter how you know with all the wonderful things you said about my athletic uh prowess as a child i mean there you know you learn a new form or you learn a new one step and and you don't have it down at first and being able to continually repeat it and i think that the the important part about winning is learning the repetitive you know, when you think about baseball players or basketball players or any sports athlete, you know, or martial artists, you've got to be in there repeating what you're doing over and over and over and over again until it becomes second nature. And then you've got to be able to, to perform it when it counts, when you're put to that test. Right. And I think that winning is all about uh, practice, right? Repeat, 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 um, and get it down until it's, it's second nature and and being able to perform it on the spot and then once you've had that accomplishment recognizing that you haven't arrived yet there's another one to learn and there's another one to repeat and i think that that's i think the secret to to or the biggest thing i could probably uh put out there about winning is is recognizing what it takes to win is a lot of repetition uh when you don't feel like it you know i tell people a lot of times that if you continue to do the things you're supposed to do, even when you don't feel like it, that's really when the magic happens. That's when you really start to win. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 especially with entrepreneurs, it's getting up every day when you don't feel like working and doing it because that's, you know, what you're supposed to do. And, you know, sometimes it's hard, but you got to create that habit. I mean, that 75 hard, I watched you go through that multiple, multiple times now. And it's so impressive because the reality is, is you have to continue doing that till it becomes a habit where when you got to the end of it, you were like, I got to keep doing this. I got to do it again. And then you bring other people in and around it because the the repetition creates this habit. And once winning becomes a habit, you, you, you don't want to stop. You know, it's, it's the best drug out there. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's, that's um, true. That's a hundred percent. That's, that's, that's really true. I think, I think that, uh, watching, you know, this was been, this has been really fun for me to kind of reminisce back down on, on, 
uh, what we, you know, our relationships from what we have watching you as a grown man now and where you're at, where you're leading others and you're still in this entrepreneur mindset. It's just one of those things, you know what I mean? So it's, this has been, this has been a real, uh, real fun hour. I thought, so everybody, you know, if you're going to get a hold of you, Don, you know, once, once I do this, everybody that I usually do the audio portion too, it'll be edited and it'll be out some point today. And I'll send you the link and stuff that you can send to everybody if they want to just hear the audio portion of this. Cause sometimes it's hard to sit and watch a whole video. So I always have kept with my roots of having an audio podcast. And so this will be in the audio format. If also on my website, it's just markcox.com. Um, it will, uh, it will bring. Uh, Glenn, Glenn said, uh, you know, it always brings back good memories. He, you'd remember him when you see his <laughs> face. Um, you know, if you go when you go to markcox.com, you'll be able to have a, a, another page with you. So that little intake form that you sent, there'll be a page with mm-hmm. you on all your contact infos in there. So both, you know, both if they, you, you know, you got old fans that want to say hi to you, or you, you know, maybe you've got somebody that wants to invest in in, in business, and they and now they have somebody that. Wow, I, I feel like I know somebody now because you know how it is right. when you're going to do business and something like that. It just feels better to know somebody or, or know somebody, somebody that knows somebody that that you you feel that you you have that confidence with. So we'll make sure all that stuff's up on there and um, reach out to me. I mean, if you're looking to even change careers, you know, I've been through it, so I know what it's like to kind of make a shift and and to work, you know, side by side with somebody that can help you kind of make a make a change quicker, you know, try to find a way to shortcut that, that, that learning process too. But yeah, absolutely. I'm available. Yeah. So this is going to be, yeah, this will be great. Uh, you guys, you're welcome to, to reach out to him. This is a very down to earth guy, a very down to earth family. It's just been that way ever since he's been family with me for a very long time. It was great to be able to catch up with you, Don. So I look forward, uh, I'll have all this stuff on audio for you. I'll send you links. You can, you know, put all your stuff out there. Make sure you share it with everybody when you when you can. And uh, our next our next go around. You know, I have some other podcasts. Some, sometimes we're going to look at just an entrepreneur podcast where we're going to have multiple guys on there because I, you know, we have a multiple people from. I mean, imagine the podcast having you, uh, Ollie and Sorry, because um, uh, you know he's super successful, right? just like you are mm-hmm. and his background, you know, will be something to, to talk about and then have other black belts of mine, like Carson Fortner that owns this and have this entrepreneur time where people can see what, it, what, what the martial arts did into, to push out these awesome, you know, business entrepreneur men. So it's, it's been good. I'll, I'll look forward to you being part of that. All right. I will. All right. So go Absolutely. out there Thanks, and, uh, and love, you, man. Well, love you guys too, man. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.